Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 58 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. 58 might be a tough one. <laughs> 58 was not that tough. Um, really? Yeah. I remember for some reason, nine, I think it was 91. Hmm. Ken Schrader, I believe, ran like a white and green Kodiak, I believe it was. That you know had to be about? like Bush or Arca. Oh, it, I, see, I don't know what series it was. I, it it I wasn't remember. Cuppy was in 25 and the same right. sponsor, but... Yeah, sponsored by Kodiak. I think it was 58. I remember seeing a picture of it. I just don't remember what series it was in. Mm. But it looked, it, it, well, it can't be cut. Yes, it okay. was in 25 for Hendrick. But um, it could be Bush series or even Arca series because he still run Arca yeah. a lot. Didn't run 58 a whole lot. Um, I well, I had to do a little research because I couldn't think of a 58 off the top of my head. But I saw a car that I definitely remember seeing, and I couldn't remember the driver of it, so I had to look up the driver. And I was actually surprised. It was 1999, number 58, Hollywood Video sponsored car. Oh. Ricky Craven drove it. One year after, he was driving a number 50 for Hendrick. So... He fell. Thanks. Like he fell from Hendrick to whatever team that fifty-eight was. Yeah, you know, at least he got back to a, a winning team. It it wasn't winning all the time, but at least he got back to the winner's circle after that. But I guess to the winner's circle for the first time because he never won in the fifty. I was gonna say I don't think he did. Yeah, he didn't win until he was in a thirty-two. Yeah. But yeah, the fifty-eight Hollywood video car do, do, do you even know what a hollywood video is um i've heard of them i don't know i've never been in one and i mean yeah no i don't well, know see everybody always touts blockbuster right that's what everybody's go to is blockbuster man i miss blockbuster i don't miss blockbuster because i come from small towns and blockbusters within the bigger towns bigger little, little small cities that were around here and those were at least 45 minutes to an hour away from me. And we were not renting a movie 45 minutes to an hour away from us. Just to have to turn around and take it back the next day. 
Right. Yeah, that wasn't happening. So we stuck to the local areas. And in the local areas, we had two of them. We had Movie Gallery and we had Hollywood Video. And Hollywood Video was a rarity. We didn't get to that one a lot. It was mostly Movie Gallery. But Hollywood Video was actually really cool. I felt like it had a bigger selection of the um, more um, niche things. You know, like you have... I mean, I say, you know, but by the time you were coming around the, uh, the whole scene was kind of starting to die a little bit, but you know, you had your wall around the outside of the store for new releases. And then in the middle, you had shelf section for like horror and suspense and comedy. And then you had your shelf full of like miscellaneous. So that would be where the racing movies were the racing videos, like the compilation clips, the crash clips, stuff like that. That would be where the wrestling stuff was. And I felt like Hollywood video had the biggest selection of that for anyone around mm. us. As That's I saw awesome. a bunch of really neat WCW pay-per-views that I couldn't find anywhere else from Hollywood video from like the early nineties. So that was, that's my recollection of it. But, and I, once I saw a picture of it, I remember the car. Oh, but, I sure as heck didn't remember who drove it. Right. So we had the all-star race this weekend. Yes. Before we get into it, we kind of missed something last week that was teased on Twitter a little bit. Mm. You, I feel like you had a very different opinion going into this race than I did. Yes. Okay. My opinion personally, because I grew up watching this track and I, I shared it last week. I was excited about it because it's my childhood. You know, I remember seeing such good races on this track. I remember seeing, you know, kind of what we saw today, you know, this past weekend too. That's just how this track went. Once in a while you get somebody that really got the setup for this track when nobody else could really figure it out and they'd lap the field. That That's just how it was. In fact, I think the last time somebody lapped the field was at this track in 1994. It was a uh, Jeopardy. Oh, he did that in the, uh, the, I want to say it was the X side number seven at the time. Cause I think it was QVC in 96, but I think in 97, he was on Hoosier tires. I mean, 94, he was on Hoosier tires in the X side batteries car. And yeah, I think that was the last time somebody lapped the field. That's interesting. But I mean, that's what happens at this track and you can see why when you saw the uh, the racing, but I feel like your opinion was a 180 of mine. What was your opinion? So I was excited about this racetrack because I've never, I've never seen up until the truck race. I didn't see any racing on this racetrack. I've heard stories of it uh, the last four years since, I don't know, 2019 when Dale Jr. went out there to weed eat and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I started hearing a lot about it. I, so I wasn't super okay. So I was excited to watch the race, but I wasn't super excited to watch the race. If that makes sense. Um, I just remember that this next gen aero package on short tracks are, is it's just trash. I mean, it is trash. So I was really nervous when I heard all these people on social media saying like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. It's the revival. It's going to be an awesome show. And in the back of the, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, but the short track package is, is mm -hmm. hot garbage. Like it is hot garbage. Like it's not good. So I'm like, 
man, all these people are going to get heartbroken. So I think I started like self-consciously like telling myself, okay, it's going to be a trash race. Like this is, it's not going to be fun. Um, it's going to be, I don't, I don't even know what it could be, but it's just not going to be good. Um, so I kind of had that mentality and I'm, you know, I'm glad that we are talking about it now after the fact, because come to find out, I really enjoyed this race. It literally did was nothing that I thought it was going to. And I'm really, really happy about that. I'm glad you like this race because yeah. as weird as it is, knowing that Kyle Larson dominated the race and you're about lapped everybody up to like seventh or eighth at one point, 11 second lead. Yeah. <laughs> before a caution. Um, as weird as it sounds, I really like this race too. And it had nothing to do with the short track package because this track was so out there as far as like how it handled, how guys couldn't get over 60% throttle because there was no grip on the track, you know, like in the, and the longer they went, they were more, their tires were falling off. And unfortunately nobody was brave enough to come in and really take advantage of the second half of the race. considering there was no cautions, right? Nobody was really brave enough to come in and take advantage and pit, and make up that time and see if they could end up being the fastest car on the track towards the end of the race. Cause I felt like there was something there if they could have done that. And that's the first time I've seen, I don't know ever, but maybe in a long time, somebody take two rear tires only. <laughs> oh man. I was flabbergasted. I didn't even know if you could do that. Yeah. I mean, there's not a rule against it. It just, it, you don't save time because you only get one side of the car at a time. You know, it isn't like there's a, a lift where you can just get the, the back end of the car only, you know, to, you know, right. that might be something they might ask to see if they can do <laughs> put a little, uh, mount underneath it, just a little flat mount like they have on the side of the car. Just so in case they do want to get just rear tires for something one day, they could just go underneath the back of the car and get two at once and then be out in six seconds. And thanks to the diffuser, that will never happen. Yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> there's nothing there for that to, to mount to. Right. Um, but man, what an interesting strategy call. That was uh, Harrison Burton, I think, did that. I mean, it didn't really do much for them. And it, I, it didn't hurt them, though. I mean, I was just sitting there like, well, I mean, if your pit crew is is as good as you want to believe that they are, it would literally not cost you any time whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's the thing of taking four tires versus two rear tires. That's the only issue with it. If there was For a sure. way you could get two rear tires in the same time, it would be to get like two lefts since you don't have to go around the car. Right. You know, you're at the back of the car. So it's just like scooting on getting two lefts and just getting out of the way and he can go. It's right. like having to get back around the car. It, if there was a way you could do that, both at the same time, and it would be like a two-tire stop, maybe even a little quicker, I totally get it. Because now you have drive off the corner right? with the rear tires. And like I don't think that was necessarily a bad call as far as the idea of taking your, – your, you don't have rear grip, right? Right. I don't think that's necessarily a bad call, but it's a bad call when everybody else is taking four and it's going to take you just as long to get two rear tires – as it would to take four. Right. It's just like, okay, I like where your head is at. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the point? The practicality of it wasn't there, but the idea was interesting. 
That's you know what I call that? That's that's an Ethan move. <laughs> okay, that's something I would do. That's no bueno. Okay, that's uh. <laughs> it remind me of uh when I was racing, I wouldn't change four tires. I wouldn't even change two tires. I changed one tire. I changed the right front. That would be the only tire I changed the whole time because it was the strongest pulling tire that had the most uh wear on it. So that was hmm. the only tire I ever changed. I mean, you don't even need the left rear. I saw somebody race out there with a flat left rear and finish in the top two or three because you don't need it on the front wheel drive dirt track car. You know, it's just, but I'm, I mean, it helps. You, you don't know, need it. it it's, but, it, it rarely, it, no, you don't need it. <laughs> all right. I've seen it. I promise I've seen it. Well, at least at our track, you didn't need it because that, it was fast and high banked. And, you know, you could really, you put a, you carried a lot of, uh, a lot of centrifugal force through the corners and straightaways and the momentum carrying the car to the right. You really didn't need that left rear, but I think it depends on how much y'all you have in it. Right. <laughs> Gosh, dang. Um, but I'm glad that you thought this race was, I thought more than anything else, it was really interesting because <laughs> you just, it was so different, you know, it was, it was so old school in the best way. Yeah. When you hear these old guys talk about North Wilkesboro, they said exactly what was going on on the racetrack, meaning that track was not any different than it was in the late 80s, early 90s. It was no different. The only difference is they, they had to add a little bit of pit wall to it, and they paved the infield. That is the only difference to this track. And, yeah, we'll talk about that pit wall in a minute. But, Did um, you? Did you see how, um, I guess Dale Jr. was talking about it on the Dale Jr. download last week when he did that uh, pro late model stock race. Um, I guess they um, they paved the infield with mm-hmm. asphalt or concrete. It was asphalt. It was asphalt. And I guess it made it like unbearably hot. I bet. And do it. I said I bet. Oh, dude. I mean, and then like I kind of could tell like how just like like pre-qualifying interviews these drivers were just drenched in sweat mm-hmm. and i'm like oh man that's that's wild yeah there's nothing to absorb the heat it's it's it all well there's nothing to absorb the heat without giving it right back right like there's no vegetation anywhere you know it's it's i mean it has nothing to do with this but it's like when me and my wife would go to disney world we hear all the time that people say Animal Kingdom is the hottest king, hottest park because it's got all the like the forest type vegetation everywhere and it it swelters in that area. But in our experience, Hollywood Studios is the hottest park because it's nothing but a street. Ooh. It's it's like a Hollywood street. There's no vegetation anywhere. It's it's a Hollywood Boulevard. It goes down to two rides and you come back up and it's a big asphalt center where the Chinese theater is. And then it's a, another asphalt walkway over to galaxy's edge. And then you walk a, a whole round again. And it's, it's an asphalt walkway over to uh, toy story land. There is no vegetation. There's no trees in Hollywood studios. That to me is unbearably hot because you have all this heat just radiating off the street and there's nowhere to hide from it. Right. You know, there's there's no relief whatsoever. And yeah, I can completely see how that infield would have been awful. But 
I mean, that welcome to modern day NASCAR, right? Right. Yeah. Like you can't have the infield covered in grass anymore. That's just, that's not going to fly. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. Maybe back in the day they were okay with that and they were a little more comfortable down there. But nowadays, I guess everybody's got their own campers and stuff. So they just go straight from the car to the camper. Yeah. You know, get out of the heat. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you, you thought this race was interesting like I did. Yeah, very much so. Um, so they ran heat races in this particular race and we got to see for the first time, which, you know what, it's a perfect event to do this at. We got to see rain tires on an oval and they actually went faster <laughs> with the rain tires than they did the regular slicks. Yeah. Um, I don't, not really sure why that's the case. Um, but I know they, they chewed them up a lot faster. I know in 25 laps, the tires are completely chewed up. Yeah. The reason that the rain tires, well, the wet weather tires, not rain tires, but the wet weather tires went faster was because it was built in a softer composite. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Which made them wear out extremely fast when it wasn't wet. Way faster. Like, yeah. You need that with these tires, you need that wet track to keep the tires from cooking basically and just melting away and becoming slicks. Can I say it? What's Can that? I say it? The, we needed the, the rain, the, the precipitation for these tires to keep them moist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That word doesn't bother me. So it, it doesn't, doesn't bother me either. You know it what? <laughs> what's, Oh no. What's my word? Oh no. I can't think of it now. There's a word. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. So you want to know my my moist word that really bothers me? I think you've told it before, but I Crisp. don't remember it. Yeah, that's it. Ugh. I remember now. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so gross. Makes me want to vomit. I don't have a word. It's, oh. it's whatever. <laughs> Speaking of vomit, did you hear about the fan at North Wilkesboro that blew a motor in a uh, porta potty? No. Could you imagine? You in the middle of the infield at North Wilkesboro, you you go to a porta potty, you you open that door, and you just smell it. Okay, God, (laughs) that thing was cooking. It had to be a hundred degrees in there, dude. I'm from Alabama, and I've been to Talladega a lot of times. It's probably nothing I haven't seen or smelled before. You know what? You got me beat, pal. <laughs> I mean, Man. I mean, I've been out there in the stands at 95, 98 degree weather in Alabama with the humidity and all that. That's just, yeah, you know, you know, you get those outside the racetrack, especially. You don't get them inside the racetrack, but you definitely have them outside the racetrack. Would you have used that porta porta potty? I probably would have looked for another one because there's usually <laughs> a line of about 20 of them. So. Yeah, I mean, you could have, you know, blowing a motor in the weeds right next to it, outside where it's, you know, ventilated. Sure, but no, they got on they Twitter just, for your troubles. Yeah, like those people fighting in the stands. You see that? Oh, come on! <laughs> did you uh, did you see the fight at Hickory a couple days before the All Star? No, I don't think I did. Between drivers or between fans? No spotters. Spotters. <laughs> yeah, um, Landon or uh, Landon Hoffman. Sound familiar? Yeah. Driver? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, his dad, I guess, was like the sweetest dude ever. And he was up there spotting and for some reason uh, got into it with another person up there. And like on the catwalk up there, this dude somehow punched him in the face, broke his nose, eyes started swelling. The dude's laying on the ground. He goes over and stomps on his face multiple times. And it like, I guess it really messed him up. Y'all start fighting over what those people in the cars are doing to each other. That's so silly. I'll tell you. <laughs> I've, you I've you two myself. have nothing to do with them, them idiots in the cars wrecking each other. <laughs> Just <I'll>, let them <laughs> let them handle it. <laughs> I found myself. I have found myself in a couple situations, you know, kind of like that. But golly, I would never stomp. No, I would never stomp on someone's face. That's just why well, I'd punch someone in the mouth. Like for sure. That's just what we do. But like, <laughs> oh no, gosh, too far. I've never been in a confrontation like that. All the years I've raced, I've never, what? I've, I've, I've had a situation where I also drove pretty clean, but I had a situation where, uh, I felt like something could happen, but I think I've told that story. I had my friend, uh, walk around with a tire iron while I got out yeah. of the car, you know, just to diffuse any thoughts sure. of anybody coming over to my window. But I haven't actually gotten to a situation where I got anywhere near fighting anybody on the racetrack. Oh, track. man, that's half the fun. <laughs> Gosh, dang. Well, n- well, see, they'll kick you out of the track for that mess. I don't want oh, to kick that Yes, they track. do. And then you can just sneak <laughs> under the fence and just go help your friends try to win a race. <laughs> Um, the heat races. Let's talk about the heat races. Real yeah. Uh, mainly one thing in the heat race really stood out. We had all weekend long between the trucks and I'm not sure if anybody in the late models did it, but the trucks and the, the all-star race and the open one driver I actually saw who, who he would be the person to do this got into the inside wall because he cut the corner too sharp. Yeah. There's a little bit of a wall they added because it didn't quite protect the wall that was there. didn't quite protect the crews enough. They felt at the edge of pit road. So they added a little bit of extra wall coming out of two, I believe. And it kind of juts out a little bit, but it really doesn't because it just kind of goes along with the corner. But the problem is drivers use every bit of asphalt they can or concrete, even in that situation, because the bottom apron was concrete which i guess seemed to be kyle larson's key to success for a long time during that race but drivers will be drivers and they will use every inch of real estate they can to try to get an advantage of somebody and noah grayson completely misjudged it coming off a two just completely misjudged when he was turning down and he slapped the inside wall shot up the racetrack wrecked three or four cars and doing so just that figures, right? I mean, yeah. And but props yeah. to his uh his crew and the 43 crew as well. They uh got that car turned around in a matter of what like two hours? About, yeah, maybe less than that. And I mean he was and we knew at the end of the heat race when Noah Gregson was not gonna qualify for the race that he we pretty much knew that he was gonna be the fan vote, so they announced it. And the 43 and the 42 just started going after it and just made that car good again. Well, not good, but, you know, made it drivable hey, again. He didn't finish last. I mean. Yeah, so 
You made it to the all-star race and you didn't finish last. So yeah, more power to true. Um, yeah, it, I, I love the fact that this race can make up its own rules and nobody gets offended by it. I really like that about this race. I mean, we talked about it before in the all-star race in 2001, they went into turn one and it started raining on them and half the field wrecked. Mm-hmm. They let all those guys that crashed go to the backup cars during the rain delay. And I think one of those backup cars actually won the race. It was Jeff Gordon. So the, they would never let that happen anywhere else because we, we saw it. Right. You know, we saw it a couple of times last year. Daytona. Or maybe the year before that. Yeah. Daytona last year and then the year before that. Didn't Kyle Bush and a New bunch Hampshire. of – Yeah, a yeah. bunch of uh, Gibbs guys wound up wrecking, right, right there on top of each other because it rained because they felt like NASCAR shouldn't have thrown the green flag. And they weren't allowed to go to backup cars by any means. But this is a special event. There's no points on the line, so it's all a show. That's all it is. It's all just a big show for the fans. Oh wait, and did Noah did Noah go to a backup car? No, he didn't. Oh okay. I'm just I'm just pointing out he was the only driver that was allowed to make changes to his car. Gotcha. Okay. And he made significant changes to his car because his car was a piece of junk. You know, after the fastest the first race. Right. So he had extensive repairs done to that car. And they did, like you said, they did a really good job. I don't think they got perfect by no means. But honestly, I don't see where he would have been real competitive regardless. Right. But Josh Berry wound up winning the Open. You, we kind of saw that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was going to be either him or Ty Gibbs. And both of them wound up qualifying on. But I think we both kind of figured Josh Berry was going to be the guy to come out of the Open. Um, so you want to talk about our Fantasy Cup competition for the all-star race just for a minute yeah i mean newsflash i lose again <laughs> i'm on a hot streak of losing what was, was bad about this loss for you though oh i don't me and that. you were talking about it while it was happening we were we were texting each other while it was happening because in the heat race we knew what position we needed like i knew yeah. i needed last in heat two i knew that and tyler reddick finished last i was like you know what I'm not mad at that. Right. I feel like Tyler Reddick was a good pick. And you know what? He finished second in our lineup. So not a bad pick. You ended up having a battle between Brad Keselowski and Bubba Wallace. Yeah. And Brad Keselowski wound up being like the fastest guy on the racetrack at the end of it next to Chris Buescher, his teammate. So you were you were watching. You're like, man, I sure hope Brad gets Bubba Wallace. <laughs> I sure hope he passes him so I can get Brad and not Bubba Wallace. And it happened. It happened exactly like you wanted. <laughs> Just like I wanted. Picture perfect, baby. And then Brad Keselowski was not even mentioned <laughs> all night. He was like <laughs> mid-pack all night long. Dude. Bubba Wallace has, Bubba Wallace has been his second. You could have kept your hat, dude. I... <laughs> I knew it was going to be rough because I knew I was starting eighth, which is on the outside. And if, if we learned anything from the truck series or, or um, the first heat, it's if you're on the outside, you need to get down really fast. And that was going to be the challenge of the race. And I knew we were going to, to sink. I knew that was going to come, but my goodness, I did not know we were just going to just 
stay there, you know, like make no forward <laughs> progress whatsoever, not even one spot. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. I was uh, excited initially for Nicole because she got the winner of the open, right? She was uh, 21st or tw yeah. 20, 22nd. She was 22nd. So she got the winner of the open. I was like, you know what? She's probably got a pretty good driver here. Yeah. Because there's at least two or three in that open that have a legit shot if they get up there. And she got Josh Berry. And I was like, you know, this could be, it's the right team for this. This could be something for her. But even he didn't really get to do anything. So, but one person did get up, end up getting Bubba Wallace. Nobody got Carl Larson who won the race. But one person did end up getting Bubba Wallace who finished, who started 10th because you had eighth and right behind him was Bubba Wallace. And that would be 10th spot because that's the second heat. They line, like we said, they line them up by twos in the second heat and the, First seat, they line them up by the odd numbers on the inside. So right behind Brad Keselowski in eighth is 10th, Bubba Wallace. That was a fifth-place finish in the heat race. That win goes to Drew Vinsel. Drew, we do time. And he has an autograph hat on his way. And I told him, well, after the race, I, I texted him and I congratulated him on, you know, an all-star you know, win or a championship, I guess not so much a win. Cause he didn't win. Uh, yeah. but you know, speaking of that real quick, I do not think we count this as an actual win in the fantasy cup championships, like a win tally. I would say we would count it as a win if he actually picked the driver that was going to win the race. But since he finished second, I say no win. Yeah. So, He's so Drew is not going to be credited with a win from mm -hmm. this week, but he is going to get the accolade, accolade, accolade. Yeah, accolade, accolade. What am I thinking? Of? Don't I don't know. Accolade. So the tag team from WWE. Yeah, they're the APA. Okay, <laughs> um, he will get the accolade of being the 2023 All Star Champion in our fantasy cup and after at the end of every season um i'm going to make a, a, a separate piece of paper in front of everybody's names like their points and who they chose all season and stuff and i'm gonna write out you know historic like quote unquote historic facts like drew vinsel 2023 in the marbles fantasy cup all-star champion okay like tim first driver to ever go back to back wins you know like first driver to ever get three wins in a season stuff like that i'm gonna keep track of I all got, that uh, stuff i got one for drew the first person in the fantasy cup to win two prize races Ooh, yeah he is the first one to do that that i know of that i can think of off the top of my head because who else is it it's it's drew it's and he's done that twice it was uh jody no uh, hey, was it no, jody was, was it, it John? I don't remember. Oh, what it was. Uh, Rock won the Kyle Bush diecast from like episode 16 or something. And then John won the Dale I'm Earnhardt. talking about the, the races itself, like the fantasy cup races, not like Twitter giveaways and stuff like that. Oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. I thought Jody won one like a couple weeks ago. Jody won a. Oh, oh, uh, Drew's. Wait, who won Drew's cards? I thought, wasn't that Jody? Was that Jody? I think it was Jody. 
It was Look, Jody because I did the. I have so much stuff going on. I can't remember from week to week. <laughs> I don't even know. Literally, guys, I just found out that zebras were a real thing a couple weeks ago. So don't don't ask me things. So I've won a, a Joey Logano card. Drew's won a T-shirt and a hat, and Jody won the cards, like the the bulk cards from Drew. Yeah, I've won nothing. That's, I mean, that's the only four people have won because other prize races we've had, nobody won. You know, I mean, we had six total and only four winners because nobody won the 500 and nobody won the, uh, the one initially with the cards, but the Jeff Burton card. Oh yeah, that's right. It got bumped later and got added too, which man, I'm still mad. I didn't win that. There was a Rusty Wallace card in that bunch. I'm still mad I didn't win that. I didn't even have a shot at it. I had a shot at this one. I mean, he was like three seconds off the pace, but I still had a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, didn't. <laughs> that's, that's, that still gets to me. That's crazy that we were talking about that while it was going on, and it, it oh, turned yeah. out that way. Um. Well, congratulations to Drew for for winning the uh, hat. I assume you're going to send it on his way soon if you haven't already. Oh yeah, for sure. And we're also going to load him up with some some snacks. Have you ever oh, had cool. a? Oh, what was it called? Have you ever had dehydrated Skittles? I've had freeze dried Skittles. Maybe that's what I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't know if you can buy them, but. I mean, here we go back to Disney again. I've had them at Disney World because they oh. top drinks with them sometimes at Disney World. Freeze-dried Skittles. They like just, they crumble when you bite into them. Yeah. They're not chewy at all. Yeah, they're not like a rock either. They just kind of crumble away. That's kind of how these are. So I wonder if they're the same thing. But I hope Drew and Caitlin have not had these. Um, that's just one of the few things that we're planning on snack wise but um yeah so i already told him probably friday i'd not get that out to him cool deal oh is there anything else we need to talk about with the all-star race unless you got a little green flag red flag you want to throw in with it yeah i mean we can definitely do that the green flag red flag red flag green what is it i don't know red flag green flag that's i don't know i don't know if this name is sticking (laughs) red flag green flag well you still say spot on spot off occasionally i i know we're just gonna eventually just and then we're gonna adopt what an idiot because i can i have so many of those every single week um we might have to work on that name. I don't know. But uh, yeah, definitely have some red flag, green flag if you want to. I got one for you real quick before you even get started. Okay. Red flag, green flag. Our two favorite drivers right now, they cannot do anything on short tracks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you are not wrong. Green flag, you agree with me? Red flag, I'm completely wrong. I mean, green flag, I agree with you. Red flag, because you're right. <laughs> and I don't like it. I mean, The only way my driver can do anything on short track is if, he's, if he rides the wall. You know, that's, that's the only interesting thing he can do on a short track. Otherwise, he just, it ain't there for him. And yeah. your driver just, it's surprising how bad that team is on short tracks right now. 
I mean, once upon a time, Kyle Bush, he owned Bristol, you mm-hmm. know, not re- really, but like, you know, every and time Richmond, they went there. Yeah. He was real good at those tracks. I felt like this track would have like Richmond's success would have lended itself to this track because this is not a slow short track. I mean, it's a pretty fast little short track. It ain't Martinsville. I mean, it ain't Bristol, but I would say it's like a, it's similar to a Richmond as far as like the type of speed you carry around it. Yeah. And the momentum you need to kind of keep up with it. But it's, it's shocking how bad our two drivers are as good as they are everywhere else. It's shocking how bad they are in the short tracks right now. Terrible. Yeah. Miserable actually. And it's, uh, yeah. Uh, spot. Well, uh, green flag for, <laughs> yeah, you know, we already, yeah. Mm. All right. Now you got, got me all flustered. <laughs> uh, you got one. I got six. All right. Let's, let's go. Speaking of Kyle Bush, uh, red flag, green flag, Kyle Bush, um, said in an interview that there was a lot of rumors going around that he was going to do the Indy 500. And he said, uh, Indy 500 for Kyle Bush is not happening because the ride that he was slotted to race with went to Kyle Larson for the next two years. So now he, oh. Kyle Bush has just kind of lost interest in it. I didn't hear that. I just figured yeah. he couldn't put together a deal in time. So he just nope. gave up. Uh, well, I mean, the way I don't know because he didn't go super in depth with that, uh, but he did say that the the team, the car, the you know the pit, the crew that he was slotted, and it sounded like they were like pretty well into conversations of having of doing this. Uh, I guess one day they just called him and said, "Hey, it's not going to work. I'm sorry about it." And then next thing he knows, they're announcing the same team, but Kyle Larson for the next two years. Hmm. So Kyle felt very uh, slated. Well, I said slated a lot, but uh, he just felt very kind of replaced. Yeah, yeah, he was put off by the whole experience. For sure. Now he has zero interest in going to the Indy 500. So thank you, Kyle Larson. Um, Red flag, green flag. It looks like, well, I have it written down as Winter Circle plus Lionel Racing, but it turns out Lionel Racing actually owns Winter mm. Circle. But yeah, it was a it was a sub division of action. Yeah. What um? Now I'm not I'm not fully convinced that the, the 164 scale diecast cars that everyone's been showing off on Twitter and Facebook, uh, with like the what was it? Austin Cindric Daytona 500 race version mm, and the Kyle Larson Fontana. Yeah. And Fontana, I'm Which not makes sense. If, if Okay. Look, yeah, I understand. I understand because it's kind of out there, but it all makes sense though, because how long does it take these things to usually come out? It takes about a year, about a year. Yeah. We're about a year in now with the new uh die cast and we just now started seeing the newer die cast in the last like three or four months if that right so it makes sense that if they're going to come out with like official cars that they would be in that timeline like 
Daytona 22, Fontana 22. Right. Right. And not like Daytona this year. Like if it was a Stenhouse this year in yeah. the winter circle packaging, I mean, you, everybody would be like, yeah, it's a custom because they can't make it that fast. But the fact that it's a year old car and then next thing you look and there's another one that's like even older than that. Right. And then it kind of goes with the winner circle idea of having a winning car, like a car that actually has been in the winner circle, like with confetti and everything on it. Yeah. With the winner circle brand. Things are kind of making sense with it. Well, like, it makes enough sense to where it's plausible. Right. I really want to see one in person though. I now when I first saw it, I was super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. It's just like it's a retro brand coming back, right? Kind of, yeah. So I popped really hard. I even texted you earlier today while I was on lunch, and I was like, man, if this is real, I'm gonna be ecstatic. And I I am simply for nostalgic like purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when I was growing up, like that was the only way my parents would be able to get me to do my homework is, you know, Hey, if you pass your mad minute tomorrow or Friday, whatever, I'll buy you a $5 race car. And then I'd go out and I would pick it out. It would, it would be winter circle, you know? So, I mean, this is nostalgic. What I think a lot, <laughs> what I think a lot of people are getting uh, kind of confused or maybe backwards is that I, uh, there's a lot of controversy right now with the, the NASCAR authentics because a lot of the paint jobs, the paint applications mm -hmm. are not very stellar right now. And that's simply because Lionel racing has another, uh, producer or not producer, but another warehouse over in China or something. Yeah. And I have a Richard Petty from 1984 that's missing a chrome rim and has a black rim. Oh, I mean, it's, I understand. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I think a lot of a lot of people are thinking that Winter Circle is their own company in that when these if these are indeed real, <clears throat> when they get hitting pegs, then all of everything that we are annoyed with is going to disappear. And it's not. No, it's going to be the same cars. Yeah. It's literally going to be the same company, the same factory, the same people, you know, all it is is just a different brand name that's nostalgic for a lot of people like you and I. I will I say, just, I do have something to say when you're done. I don't know. I just, I'm excited for it, but I'm almost cringing the thought of the hate Lionel Racing is going to get if these are not improved. Yeah, they're going to be typical Lionel Racing merchandise. That's just for what sure. It is. Um, I'm not looking for anything spectacular here, but what I am looking at, this is the only way this will work. If this is a real thing. Okay. This is the only way this will work. The cars that we get right now for $4 and 97 cent or whatever they are at Walmart right now, the cars that we get on the pegs right now, that come with a little sticker and everything. Those cars are really different than the cars they sell for 11 and $12 online. These cars that we get on the pegs, they, well, you said something last week about one, but they typically don't have beer sponsorships or any adult sponsorships. They don't have any special paint finishes. They don't have Chrome numbers. They're not going to have anything like that. They're, they're basic 
paint application, basic finishes. There's nothing special about these cars. They're just basic, right? They're your basics. You want the Elite 164 scale, you buy the $12 ones from online. Because that's where you're going to get your metallic paints. That's where you're going to get your reflective numbers. That's where you're going to get damage for the uh, winds, the wind races, or you know, the winners. Yes. That's where you're going to get those. That's what they have to do with the Winter Circle brand. They have to take those cars, those race win cars, the Elite 164 scale, if you will, the 11 or $12 ones that you pre order online. Mm-hmm. Like if they took that. They, they can't do it for the records of checkers because that kind of defeats the winner circle idea. Right. But if they took like that Ross Chastain, um, Talladega win where it's all scuffed up and junk like that down the side of it. And this actual fender damage, like it's actual bent damage down the side of it a little bit because it's Talladega yeah. and that's what happens. If they took that and they put that in the winner circle, packaging or they took one of these cars that had the reflective chrome numbers and like actually made them reflective and put them in the winter circle packaging and you charge it charge 11 12 dollars for me whatever because that's what they are online that's what they're gonna be in store i'd rather buy them in store for 12 dollars not pay shipping yeah you know if they did that and put them in walmarts and targets and all that and made it noticeable that they were different than the $5 versions. Because if you look at elite on the, on the, in the action figures, the WWE action figures, if you look at an elite, it's visibly noticeable that that's a $20 figure and the other one's a $10 figure. Yes. If they did that with these cars, it's visibly noticeable that this car is worth $12 and this other car is worth $5. And without dumbing down the quality of the $5 one to make it more noticeable. If they did that, this line, if it's a real line, it could really have legs. So my question is, would you pay 10 to $12 at a Walmart for a 164 scale? If it was a winner's car and it had specific paint applications that were not available in the $5 ones, yes. I would too. Yeah. 100%. That's where they got to go with it. That's the only way I can see this actually happening. Yeah, and I mean, I the fact that know, the only two we've seen have been winners' cars makes me think that it's more likely that than it would be. It's just a five dollar car thrown in a different package. You know, you could even up the price as long as the product, like the product, gets upped as well. Like, um, I, you know, you, I think you like twelve your have. limit. I think about twelve your limit. I don't think you need to go more than twelve for a one six four scale car. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we're spot on with that. Um, I think, you know, you don't even have to have nine to 10 cars per wave for the Mm-mm. winter circle. No, you could have, let's say two cup cars, a uh, raced version or raced win cup cars. Give me an Xfinity and a truck in every wave. That's four cars. Honestly, at, not even that. Not maybe. even that. Yeah. I don't even think so. I, I you can just keep it. You, I mean, you could add the cup and Xfinity if you want to, but if you could just keep it to cup and just have like two or three come out at a time, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't stock the pegs. We don't wait, put like 15 of these jokers out there, but you know, a little box of six comes in and there's two of each on the peg. I it's just because it's double the price. I don't think 
as many kids will be jumping on it as they would be the $5 cars, you know, so they wouldn't fly off the shelves as fast, but then again, they might. Right. I don't know. I think it's a test run. You, you, you do like two or three in a box and see how that turns out. No chases or anything, just two or three because they do chases nowadays with the yeah. other ones. They do a color Chrome style. Liquid color. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid color. That's it. Where it's a little more, it's a little darker and shinier and stuff like that. But it's usually like one out of every six boxes has one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've gotten one or two ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I've found a couple liquid colors um, here and there, but I never found the Kyle Bush one. But no, I do I own either. the Kyle Bush one. Do you want to know how much I spent on it? on ebay you didn't you didn't find it in the store no i i never found it i drove all the way to arkansas to the uh uh walmart headquarters store mm-hmm. or something and they had like i'm not kidding they had like 200 nascar authentics on their uh in their on their pegs and as like an uh end cap mm-hmm. it was like a one of those things like one of those tubs yeah, that the Hot Wheels are just nothing but diecast cars, and I went through them and I never found it, and I had to go to, <laughs> I had to go to eBay and I spent sixty dollars on Jeez, for a but five dollar car, <laughs> and this is back when I had money, so like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. No but have you ever seen it since? Oh no, I've never seen it besides yeah. the one that I got off eBay. So I mean, it is what it is. You know, you do you do you right. If you uh, never yeah. see, like this past week, I got in the mail from Ringside Collectibles uh, the Harley Race action figure. Yeah, that I looked for for five years. Yeah, dude. Like I went to WrestleMania 34, and I saw this thing in the glass case, along with you know, I, I was talking to Jeff about it at WrestleCon. I was like, dude, did you see the? Did you see that Harley Race? Like, yeah, it's amazing. You know, I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Cause it came out with the same set that had that Jake that we thought was really good too. And it never showed up here. Never showed up here. The whole set didn't like, I saw the other ones, every single other one from this, that warrior from the set before that sat in this Walmart down the street for like, it seemed like a year and nobody picked it up and I should have picked it up and I never did. But I, every time I looked at it, it was like, oh, I'm fine. I got a lot of warriors and I just put it back. I should have picked it up in hindsight, of course, but I never saw this new set. And we went to Disney World for the first time. We went down to Orlando, and I was like, since they're they're out and about, I'm just going to check the Walmarts before we actually get moving on this trip here, before we actually get to the hotel and get settled in and go to the park the next day. I'm going to check Walmart. There's two Walmarts down there. I checked them both. Found every single one of them in that set except Harley. Never saw Harley. Oh, you found the set though? I did find the set. I found Jake, wow. I found Ricky Steamboat, and I found uh, Stone Cold. A lot more Stone Colds than any other ones. I only saw Jake and Steamboat once, and I got them when I got them, but I've sold them since because I tr- actually traded that Jake for a Jake that I wanted from a long time ago, and I sold that Steamboat because I wound up buying a Steamboat that was autographed. That was the exact same figure without like the floating build-apart figures that was autographed. Yeah. So I wound up coming out better for it all, but I never saw that Harley. And then this got released and like greatest hits and it came in the mail. So I didn't have to spend three or $400 on that thing. 
I spent my $22 and I have a Harley figure without floating arms in it Man. from the Shawn Michaels build a figure. So I understand how you don't ever see these chases and you have to go in the secondary. It isn't like they're going to re-release that Kyle Bush though. Right. They're never going to re-release that. So I think I found maybe three of them total. I can't think of which ones. I think one of them's a Blaney. I think one of them's a Harvick, like a green Harvick. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the other ones, but I really think I found it at least three of them, but not a whole lot. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think I found two chases here in my local Walmart, which is mind blowing because it's mm -hmm. a land of 4,000 people and, you know, most of them are on drugs. And, um, <laughs> you know, and then like up the road, I actually at the Walmart that I actually work at, uh, 30 minutes up the road, I found one there as well. So I'm, I'm about three, you know, that's all I've ever found. Um, Let's take a let's take a break real quick and then we'll come back and we'll finish up some red flag, green flag, and probably talk about another incident that happened at the all-star race towards the end of it. Um, before we uh, hear a couple of commercials, I'm gonna talk to you real quick. Skinnymixers.com. Definitely go to that website, check it out. They have all sorts of syrups for coffees and cocktails. Get get you a good guilt-free margarita. You know, a jalapeno strawberry margarita, guilt-free. Go find you a syrup at SkinMixes.com. Mix it in with your tequila. It's awesome. Trust me. You want that caramel uh, praline macchiato, sugar-free, guilt-free, maybe even keto, go to SkinMixes.com. You'll find all this stuff. You'll find anything you need and accessories to go with it, like pumps for the bottles that they have, things like that. So check it out, SkinMixes.com. You'll find something that you love, I promise. And if you use code MARBLES at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. So go check it out. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, but come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are, the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. All right. So let's continue with a little bit of red flag, green flag. All right. I'm all down for it. Uh, I, I have it written down and I said, 
Ryan Newman is a grumpy old man. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Well, last week he was furious because his seat didn't fit, <laughs> which I mean, I can get that, but well, he's but, a, he's got a different build than most people. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you haven't been in a cup car for how, how many years? I mean, I understand with the whole situation with Cody Ware, Ryan Newman probably had no thoughts that he was going to race in the cup series, but I mean, you have plenty of time. I'm sure he knew two weeks in advance. He'll be racing that 51 car. I mean, I'm guessing you probably went to the race shop and got fitted, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. right. I mean, it doesn't sound like you did. You would think. And then uh, for the all-star or for the open, he was really upset with Ty Dillon for reasons. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know why he's mad at Ty Dillon. Um, It's a short track. And what happens at short tracks? You, yeah. you bump and bang, you bump and run. It's gonna, you're gonna run into someone. So, especially one where you're like literally wrecking down straightaways every single lap. Right. And like it's sideways down the straightaways. It's just, it's the second week in a row that he's kind of shown his butt a little bit in post race. You know, n- let's not just, uh, you know, gloss over the fact that you just probably made more money, you know, in one setting than i probably will ever see in my life (laughs) you know it's like you can't be grateful for it i mean i know you didn't go out and you didn't win but i mean you didn't win the last seven seasons of your career when you were a full-time active driver so i'm not quite sure seven years he has up his he really didn't win the last seven years Oh, I don't know. I just that was hypothetical. I was like, that's a crazy stat. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's accurate. I think the uh, last win he had, I believe, was in the '39 Stuart Haas Chevy at New Hampshire. Yeah, or- that sounds right. But that's car tomorrow. Yeah, it might have been that long. It might have been Bro, longer. Was, you know what? I have Google right in front of me, but I will look that up later. Car tomorrow. I mean that's uh, that's a while ago. You're talking about like eleven, maybe yeah, the latest. <clears throat> wow, yeah, I didn't realize he was. Man, he was so good at the beginning too. They called him Rocket Man because he Man. won all the polls. Yeah, like he was literally the fastest guy every week. He's not now. No, <laughs> Rocket Man's well, aged a little bit, baby. Well, yes, I mean, he was running with a really, really good, strong Penske organization, and now he's running with, uh, is it Rick Ware or Cody Ware? Rick Ware, right? Rick Ware Racing. Yeah, Rick Ware. I, I can't even say that name. <clears throat> Rick Ware. Um, the fact that I didn't know if it was Cody or Rick Ware Racing, then that tells you how yeah. little this ride actually means. Cody Ware is a felon. <laughs> Rick Ware is the owner. That's the difference between those two. <laughs> That's a dad and son, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess red flag to I haven't been answering them, but I guess red flag to Ryan yeah, Newman being a an old man. It's definitely a red flag for sure, <laughs> no matter how you look at it. Um moving on, you said something on Twitter, and I'm not sure I wasn't really following the conversation too well there's but no telling 
you and I were, and we had not spoke about this and we still haven't up to this moment right now. Um, you said something and it sparked an idea that I was thinking about for the last couple of weeks. I just haven't really vocalized it. Um, you said something about tire soaking mm-hmm. and it got me thinking Kyle Larson has been, has adopted this new thing where he does a burnout for a full lap around the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's, he's trying to blow the tires? So there's no evidence of tire soaking or just burn the evidence. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, destroy the tire so nobody's. I mean, NASCAR officials are not going to go out to the racetrack and pick up that tire carcass and test it. You know, it's just, it's well, even if he doesn't blow the tires, he's completely ruined the tire. Oh, yeah. You know, just by he's, he's completely uh, the heat alone that he generates would cook anything out of that tire that's been soaked in it. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, it's a conspiracy theory, and you know how I am about conspiracy theories. I love them. So I, uh, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I've been thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I wonder how easy it would be to to soak some tires. And for anyone that's not understanding what tire soaking means, if you haven't heard that, you can go back to our our uh, earlier episodes. We actually talked about it, but just to run it down really fast, it's uh, I believe it was 1990. <laughs> what was it? 1996. 96 to 98. I think the biggest part was 98 or so, because that would be like when Jeff Gordon would come in and yeah. only get two tires and beat everybody on pit road and then pull away from everybody with four tires. That it was, was a, 19, it was, I want to say it was August of 1998. Uh, Jeff Gordon started winning all these races by yeah. two tire stops mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, the story is that earlier, I don't know, earlier <clears> that <throat> week or whatever, uh, there was a, pa- an anonymous package, uh, which contained like uh, a can and a bottle filled with like liquids along with a letter that nobody knows um, what said uh, the containers were marked. It said tire softener undetectable. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where the package came from. There was a lot of speculation that it was for Jack Roush instead of Jeff Gordon. But it, anyway, it, you know, arrived at the 24 shop. Uh, what it was, it was this liquid when applied to the outside of the tire, the liquid, um, the agent would soften the tire surface, which would in short terms, like increase traction, but it would make the tire wear out way, way faster. And tire softeners were legal in some of the more local racing series, but not in NASCAR. Mm-mm. Usually so, not on asphalt. Like I know that there are tire softeners uh, and you know, they, they have done their best to make them illegal on the local level. Right. Here. They, they don't want any tire soaking on like the big thing is like late models. That's a big late model thing. And you can see it. If you get, pick up like a day motorsports catalog or a speedway motorsports catalog, you can look in there and they have these compounds Yeah, that like, you, you you can add to something and it will you it'll mask a smell or something like that. They do that with fuel additives too. I think you can like a cherry smelling or a grape smelling additive and it doesn't make the fuel smell like it's got pure nitrogen in it or whatever. But <clears throat> if that's even a thing, I don't know. I just use regular pump gas, honestly. But yeah, it's it's interesting 
when that comes up, when that's mentioned, and he does the full lap burnout, trying to, you know, if you right. if if you subscribe to the theory, try to burn off the evidence. When at one point he was so much faster than everybody else. I mean, like he had more grip than everybody else. He even admitted at the end of it that he was just feathering it. He was just taking it easy. Right. He said he wasn't even trying. So, I mean, you believe what you want to believe. That team is a cheating team ever since I've known them. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think every team in NASCAR is definitely going to try to do anything they can to have an advantage. Like Dale Jr. just said it a couple oh, weeks ago on his, on his show that he expected like his team, his crew chief to be like, hey. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's I think it's a difference than trying to innovate and come up with an advantage. Right. Than it is to blatantly break the rules. Right. It's, it's a big difference between that. Like when I cut the brake off my right front, I wasn't breaking the rules. It was just something that nobody else was doing. There was no rule out there saying that you had to run all four brakes. There was actually a track rule that covered everybody that said you must run, must have three working brakes. I just chose a different brake than what all the rear wheel drive guys did to cut off. And I cut off the right front and nobody else in my class did that. I was the only one that did that. I was the first one to do that. I came up with that myself and I got the benefits from it. That wasn't breaking the rules. That was kind of toeing the line a little bit, but that was like working in that gray area. Right. A little bit. I'm perfect. I understand that completely. I understand that man, that mentality of it. Yeah. When you go and start adding tire soaking and maybe even traction control, which is another thing that was a big thing back in the day yeah. with Jeff Gordon, which did you see that piece with Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham before Ooh, the race? I don't think so. so they sat down with that 1996 North Wilkesboro car and they had an interview with each other. Ray Evernham even brought the notes for the setup from that oh, car, wow. which is crazy. And he still has that. But he mentioned, "Is like, oh yeah, that that car there at North Whisper, that's the one with the tricked out rear end." And Jeff was like, "What? What was tricked out on that car?" He's like, "Well, it was it was legal for three weeks." Oh, yeah. Tell me that he didn't put traction control in the rear end of that car. I'll tell you what. And for anyone, <laughs> traction control in any sort of racing, whether it's dirt track, whether it's local, professional, NASCAR, you name it, like it's a huge no no. Yeah, it, it takes away any skill. That's like the biggest, like the absolute, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's like the biggest. Uh, faux pas? Faux pas? I don't know. Of NASCAR, or of racing. The, yeah. You know, like a, that's the biggest no-no. <laughs> no-no, just say no-no. <laughs> it's the biggest no-no ever. Like that's criminal sin almost, you know? It's it's bad. Yeah. Um, and, and then sometimes I don't even think it would be beneficial to you. Like certain types of racing, it would not be beneficial. It actually slow you down. Right. But as far as like asphalt, short track racing, uh, mile and a half, stuff like that. And NASCAR, I, it could, it will definitely help you. Yeah. 
And that's something that was also thrown out there during Jeff Gordon's run between 96, 97, 98, where he won like 10 and 13 races every year. Yeah. That was something else that was thrown out there. And I, I'll be danged if Ray Evernham just about didn't just admit to it right then with the tricked out rear end. <laughs> that was, that was legal for three weeks until NASCAR told him to stop. <laughs> he, uh, he's a bigger man than I would be. I would, I, that would be stuff I would take to the grave. Well, I mean, what's he going to, it ain't like he's in it now. Well, I they're know. not going to take it away from him. Yeah. But you don't want to be like, yeah, we, we cheated our way off. No, go team. ahead. Do it. Do it. You know? I mean, I love hearing like the old stories from people that have nothing to lose anymore with it. Right. I love hearing the stories that tell us how they actually did it back then. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, have you, you have seen the picture? To... Yeah, have you seen the picture of Junior Johnson's car? The, uh, uh, what do they call it? The banana boat or whatever it's called? Um, the, yellow, the yellow banana, something like that. I don't know what they called it. But it was uh, a picture of Junior Johnson's car at Daytona in the 60s. And they put it up like... They, they, they showed a picture of it on the track with other cars and junior had figured out stuff that other people hadn't yet. Right. He was the person that figured out the draft. Like he is the king of draft. He is the person that understood it and won the race with it. So uh, everybody can thank junior Johnson for actually figuring it out because nobody else had it figured out. So he also figured out that, his car could be a little more streamlined. So you can see a picture of it at Daytona somewhere where he's got a shorter roof. The front windshield is more slanted instead of straight up and down like they were in the sixties. And the hood actually comes down to a scoop. Like it droops. Oh, you can, you can see this. It is a completely custom made stock car, but from the eye, you know, just like what looking at on pit road, you really don't see nothing to it. It's when it's out there with other cars, it's very noticeable, you know? So I love hearing like later on all these people that used to do all this stuff, all this, all these people used to cheat them up like that. Yeah. Like admit to how they were doing it. I, yeah. I think Darrell Walter once said that he, they, they actually ran gas lines through the roll bars. Yeah. He did say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that extra gallon of fuel it might be how he won daytona and he was the uh actually <laughs> listening to him growing up tell stories uh is actually how i learned about um oh uh melting lead mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting that i know a lot of short tra or uh, dirt track drivers still to use today oh so absolutely i've definitely saw plenty of lead on my cars not the front wheel drive, but the other class. That, that was completely illegal in the front wheel drive. You wanted those that weight off yeah. your car, you know, but definitely have done that in the real wheel drive cars I've raced. Just trying yeah. to figure out that setup. Oh, it was always tricky for sure. Uh, for the record, Ryan Newman's last cup win was March 19th, 2017 at Phoenix for RCR. Wow. Yeah. So That's, I guess what, what car was he driving? And for the, RCR, 31? The 31 Caterpillar. Okay. Well, God, and, that was a lot later than I thought it was. 
Yeah, me too. I thought it was 2013. Um, also, my neighbor's dog is right outside my bedroom door, bedroom <laughs> um, window barking. So I hope that's not coming through. But no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, oh, I was going to say something. What I will say this uh, two things left about the All Star race. One, I really enjoyed having Daryl Washer and Larry Mack back in the booth. That was so entertaining. To listen to i know clint boyer was there too and that kind of helped with it as well because it was good to have that you know um it was good to have that newer voice as well to kind of counteract with them but man I, I love hearing dw in the booth i don't know what it is it isn't my childhood or anything because that was like i was in high school like my senior in high school when all that started but I don't know. Something about that is so NASCAR to me. Right. DW, Larry McReynolds, Mike Joy. That is quintessential NASCAR. And probably now, if I'm not being nostalgic, that's probably my favorite combo booth of all time. Just, yeah. I mean, it was entertaining, dude. I mean, I was thoroughly enjoy, uh, you know, enjoyed the whole situation. I don't, he didn't do the boogity 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 thing, did he? I don't think so. Thank goodness. Gosh, dang. <laughs> if he did, I missed it. Yeah, I, I, I might not have been paying attention to the very beginning of it as much as I could have because we have a lot going on over here, trying to move into the new house and all that. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't. Th I didn't hear it. If he did, I missed it. Yeah, I must have missed it as well. If he did do it, thank goodness. But I know I was I was in there watching it, so maybe that's why it was so enjoyable. Even though I think Alan Bestwick is the best of all time. That DW is so funny. Like, yeah, I mean, he just straight. Up, he's a jokester. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. it was. It's really really entertaining. I I enjoyed it completely. The one thing I loved about that was Clint Boyer said something about. Um, not only is it going to make it worse or some, uh, what did he say? He said something like, um, it can't get, it, it might not get worse. And then DW said, worser. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I tweeted it, you know, when it happened, I thought that was super funny, but, uh, he moving he had, on. Uh, he had our, one real quick, real quick. Yeah. He had one that, um, where he, they, they kept talking about how many wins he had at different tracks. Right. And Clint Boyer's like talked about somebody cutting their teeth at the, at the old Nashville fairgrounds. And he's like, DW, you know, about you know about the Nashville fairgrounds, right? It's been a good track. He's like, been a real good track. I won it 12 times. He's like, how do you know how many times you win at every single track? He's like, dude, I don't know. I, I, I'm just making it up. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I remember. But you believe that. it. You completely yeah. believe that Daryl Walker could have won at Nashville 12 times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he just like took it away. Like, dude, I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know. Number <laughs> I just throw numbers out there. <laughs> that was really funny. I actually enjoyed DW this weekend. Um, yeah. So I know we're running long. So uh, running uh, the, our last little part of it uh, kind of revolves around one person, but uh, Bubba Wallace, mm -hmm. he admits after the truck race, that he that the booze that he gets does actually upset him, but says he finished fifth in the truck race and he got a nice payday. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I <laughs> I didn't think that's where you're going with Bubba Wallace after oh, this weekend. <laughs> oh no no no! I'm I'm gonna go there. 
<laughs> yeah, for a second. But I thought it was kind of weird how he admits that the booze that he gets bothers him, but then leads up saying, well, it doesn't really matter to me right now because I finished fifth and I got a really good payday. It's like, okay, so... Well, I mean, what? Dale Earnhardt even admitted after that Bristol race where he wrecked Terry Labonte mm. that he really did not like that he got booed. Like, it bothered him that he got booed. Like, he legit felt remorse for the way he did that to Terry Labonte because it seemed like the fans completely turned on him at that moment. Yeah. And he really didn't like that. He didn't like that that happened. So, I mean, even the hardest of hearts out there when it comes to on the racetrack activity, they don't want to be booed. Deep down, they don't want to be booed. Well, I mean, they're all humans, you know? Like, I think it's just human nature that we want people to, you know, like us or, you know what I mean? Like, not have any problems with us. You were talking about booze when you saw Chastain getting introduced in person. Yeah. Chastain, during this all-star race, he was one of the highest cheered people. Yes, he was. I mean, it's just, uh, there's something happening there. And I really hope all this mess that we, we heard this past week with Chastain and Justin Marks and Rick Hendrick and Ross coming out and said, I just need to hit less people. But he also did admit that when it comes down to six laps to go in a cup race at Darlington, I'm not changing who I am. Thank God I don't want him to. I want him to stay exactly the way he is. But then I see him move over for Kyle Larson at the end of that truck race. Like he just gets out of the way. Like he's not even trying to fight. I don't. I really hope he doesn't change. I really hope he doesn't. You can't judge this weekend because he's not a short track driver. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the equipment or him himself. But there's a reason why he keeps running these trucks at some of these tracks. He wants to get better at them. And Northwest World was one of the reasons why he was doing that. And it seemed like Kyle Larson was doing it that way, too, and Bubba Wallace as well. But I mean, guess who finished one, too? You know, Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace. So right. It, there's something to that. I don't know what happened with uh, – yeah, I do know what happened with Chastain. He was actually running pretty decently at a speeding penalty. And he oh. wound up finishing in, like, 10th or 12th or something like that. But I think he was actually on his way to the top 10. Like, he was a solid top 10 when he got a speeding penalty because he did that four-tire stop uh, where he split it up a little bit in the stage in, yeah. in, like, the first half of the race. And that's what Kyle Larson and a bunch of them did to get to the front. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know why I started talking about Chastain, but it's just it's, – it's interesting to see the different people's reactions and stuff like that. But now let's go into what happened with Bubba Wallace at the end of the race. So at the end of the All-Star race, uh, Bubba Wallace, who finished P2, uh, was having a post-race interview where he flipped off the TV camera during the post-race interview. Yeah, subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, okay, so I think my tweet got very misconstrued because I tweeted something like, I understand, but come on. So what I meant by that was, why did you make it look so obvious? Mm-hmm. When I, fir- now I watched it happen live when it was yeah. happening on TV. I did too. And I, I immediately 
realized what he did and i knew that it was on purpose and my initial thoughts was that he was flipping off the fans that booed him and that's why i was like how on earth are you even a professional race car driver if you let people get under your skin that quickly or that easily uh so i i guess to come find out of course, I wasn't there, so I don't know what actually you know happened. But uh, I was listening to Door Bumper Clear today at work, and they were Freddie Kraft, who's the spotter of Bubba Wallace, was not there. Uh, but I guess uh, Brett Griffin said that Bubba's PR person was behind the camera trying to tell him, like, "Hey, fix your collar," because all those sponsors were it was crumbled up and you couldn't see the logo of the sponsor so i guess the pr person was like hey fix your collar before they go live and bubba just being funny flipped them off like hey i'll i'll take care of it whatever and he was in the process of fixing his collar and then he flipped him off i went back after listening to that point of view i went back and listen watched that interview 10 times and honestly it kind of looks like that's exactly what happened it probably is, you know, it's like a bad look, right? Just, it, I mean, like, what if you're Columbia? You know, that that's the company that was sponsoring Bubba Wallace. I had a a little gaudy, but a pretty decent paint job on the car. It stood out on the track, if not a, for the wrong reasons, maybe. But he said it was the most beautiful car out there. I don't, I highly disagree with that, but. It was a unique enough paint job where you could see, you knew exactly what it was. And it was Columbia and he had Columbia written all over his, his outfit and his hat and all that. And now he's flipping the bird on TV. I mean, is that the look you want you, your driver to give you, you know, Columbia with the middle finger. Right. Right there for everybody to see the whole world to see, you know, it's going to go viral. It's Bubba Wallace. Right. Everything he does, for better or worse, is going to be under a microscope. If In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan was the primary sponsor of that race car and he was the driver, I would be pissed. I wouldn't, especially since like we're considered, I I try anyway, to see, see if we can be as family-friendly as we can be. Yeah. And I don't think Columbia is the brand that goes out there um, touting uh, a bunch of beer drinking, you know, college kids on a boat, half naked, wearing Columbia hats. You know, that's not the Columbia I, I think of when I think Columbia. Right. I, I have Columbia in my wardrobe. You know, I wear a good bit of Columbia. You know, the whole my whole family does. We have the the fishing shirts and the shorts and the hats and stuff like that. We do wear Columbia stuff. And nowhere in any of that stuff does do I get the impression that they'd be okay with a bird right right by their name. You know, it's just you gotta have more self-awareness. More like, situational awareness. How about that? A lot of people are on Twitter are saying, like, oh well, it's never been a problem for any other driver. And you're right. Like when Chase Elliott gave the bird to Kyle Bush at Darlington 2020, like I didn't find that bad i didn't i i loved it i was like yeah there it is show that personality there's a difference between getting out of a wrecked race car on the racetrack flipping off the guy that spun you versus doing it directly into the 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 tv camera at all of america all of the world to see and it really 
like kind of made me overreact a little bit because Kendall was watching the end of the race too. So she was watching all these people talking. Uh, she was like, why did he just flip us off? And then I took it super personal. Like, why is he flipping <laughs> us off? You know, I'm going to go on Twitter and complain. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's just, it was a bad look, right? Just a terrible yeah. look. You, you also get this. Uh, if you see a driver on the racetrack, like in a suit on the racetrack, but in front of a wrecked car or whatever, throwing a bird out and he's all angry and stuff, but you don't see anything else. You know that that dude got wrecked and he's angry and he's flipping off the driver that wrecked him. Right. If you see a guy on pit road talking to a female pit reporter and he's just randomly got his middle finger up in front of the camera. Right. There's a lot of different conclusions you can draw to that. And none of them is, Oh, he's just angry because somebody wrecked him. Right. He's not angry. He's just got this crude sense of humor or he is being disrespectful to the announcer or the, the, the interviewer or the TV company. That's or the, him on TV. The, the company. He's being disrespectful to somebody behind the camera. He's being disrespectful to the fans. NASCAR or NASCAR in general. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of conclusions you can draw to this. So this, it's just, and I, and I know a bunch of people because his radio also got hacked from what I hear. Yeah. His radio got hacked and somebody came on there saying that he didn't belong in NASCAR and he needed to leave the sport or something like that. It, it, and I know a bunch of people are drawing conclusions of that and there might be something to that because of who he is, but that kind of stuff apparently happens a lot. And if those exact comments were put to any other driver, nobody would be saying anything. But those comments going towards him, they get kind of blown up as this big thing. Yeah. But from what I hear, Bubba Wallace already had his radio disconnected. He never even heard him. He didn't even hear it. Yeah. So that's not even why he was flipping off the camera, like right. flipping off the dude that might've hacked his radio. And what's funny is I never heard that this was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing. Right. I personally never heard that anybody hacked anybody's radio last year because I heard it happened last year at the Coco 600 through a couple guys. I never heard that until Bubba Wallace's radio got hacked this week. Right. Now it's a story that, oh, everybody's gets hacked. Why haven't I heard about it until now? Why is it only a story when it happens to this guy? Is it because they took they took what he what this person said to Bubba Wallace when he couldn't hear him, they took what he said and and kind of shaped it into something that maybe it wasn't, but it could have been. You know what I mean? But right. at the same time, it if you take that exact phrase and throw it on a driver, nobody would think twice about it because it happens all the time to other drivers apparently. So. I don't know everything around him is put under such a heavy microscope. And me personally, I never was one to absolutely just dislike the guy in general. In fact, it was quite the opposite for a long time. I was rooting for him to do something. Right. I wanted him to do good. I want him to do well. I want to see every minority in the sport do well. It's fun to see different nationalities win. It's fun to see different genders win. It's fun to see different races win. It's fun to see all these different, these, these, this big 
pile of cultures together to make this one massive sport where everybody can enjoy it. Right. I love that. I do want it to stay more American than anything else because it is an American sport. If I wanted something completely foreign, I'd watch Formula One or IndyCar. I want it to be majority American, of course, being American. I want to see my people. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I do like the diversity. I, I really do. And the, the, the idea that so many people don't like him just because of the diversity issue, I don't buy that. I think it's the way he acts, man. Yeah. If he was any other, if he acted any other way, you know, that, that whole Talladega thing a couple of years ago, I think that really turned a lot of people off where he saw that he the says news. he never saw it, but yeah, he saw that dang pull string yeah. for the garage that has been documented to being there for like years before that, you know, there's pictures of the that exact right. same garage with that exact same hook in it. And somebody on that team called it a noose. And all of a sudden it ran wild. Of course, in Alabama, there's a noose over Bubba Wallace's pit stall. Ever since then, so, so many people have, I think, I think that turned a lot of people off on him because the truth of it came out and it was never a, Oh, we missed, we misjudged that. That wasn't what we thought it was. Right. You know, we're sorry for that being an issue. That shouldn't have been an issue. That was just that particular type of knot that all these garages use to pull down. That somebody thought something differently. Nothing, nothing was ever done like that. It was all right. just kind of blown out of proportion and never rained back in. And from then on, you just keep seeing all these little things with him where just the way he races, the way he acts, Little by little, I've been completely turned off on him. And it doesn't have anything to do with anything except the kind of person he is. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm spot on with you. Like, I like I try so hard to enjoy him or like like him as a race car driver. I mean, I witnessed him dominating Kansas last last season and won his second career cup race while i was there in person now i i was happy for him to do that yeah i was happy for him to win that i was honestly i was cheering i was i was hoping he wasn't going to win just because i I buy the die cast and now i have two 45s back to back like Mm -hmm. how i explain that but i i was okay with driving home knowing that i just watched bubba wallace win that was awesome i'm happy like i'm I'm cool with having a Bubba Wallace diecast, you know, proudly in my collection. I just, man, he makes it so easy to hate him. He does. He really does. And I hate that it, it, it is that way, but it is that way. And we're not the only ones. I see it on Twitter all the time. Oh, yeah. we have personal conversations with people on Twitter that say the same thing that we're saying. Yeah. It's like, man, I just, I wish he wouldn't win this week. Oh, I hope he doesn't win this week. You know, but I mean, I was actually going to make the joke. Uh, I thought about it today. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's he he gets a lot of credit for something he's done, and he's got as many wins as Derek Cope. <laughs> well, well, Derek Cope has a Daytona 500 win though. So who's really? Oh, 
I mean, to put it in perspective, Kyle Petty has more wins than Bubba Wallace. Oh, way more. You know, way like more. Six more. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, um but I mean, I, Grant, I, at the same time, I, I made that joke. But at the same time, Ross Chastain only has two wins as well. Oh yeah, that's totally right. Yeah, but wow. I. But you know what? Chastain doesn't make himself hateable. Yeah, what a loser. <laughs> well, no, Chastain doesn't make himself dislikable. Yeah, uh, Chastain's a loser too. So I mean, but no, you're not. You're missing what I'm saying. Oh, oh. You be quiet. <laughs> two, well, I'm sorry. I can't hear you over these 227 <laughs> wins that Kyle Busch has accrued and. His career. Yeah, but, if you count trucks and Xfinity, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Okay. If you don't want to do that, then what? 62? Yeah, it's a far cry from 200. <laughs> but, but Drew Vinsel wants to switch over to the dark. I mean, that's, that's, you know what? Do what you want to, buddy. <laughs> we just want to see somebody entertaining, dude. Uh, that's I, it. I, we want to see, you know what this race was missing? Chastain. This race was sorely missing something, Chastain this week. It That's, really was. It needed something Chastain in it. I, I mean, it, it's it just didn't quite have it. Maybe next week because we are I going. Mean, we are going to Charlotte, mile and a half. Chastain's fairly good at mile and a half. And then after that, was it Gateway? Remember what happened last yeah. year at Gateway? So we got some Chastain factors coming up in the next two weeks, and I'm excited for it. I can guarantee you Ross Chastain will be the headline coming out of the Coke 600 this weekend. He'll knock uh, we'll at least two people about... out of the way. I call it now. Do what? He'll knock at least two people out of the way. I call it now. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking William Byron <laughs> and let's go Chase Elliott. You think he'll hit Chase Elliott again? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's opposed to it. Um, but getting back to the last thing I'm going to say about Bubba Wallace, I have a theory about him, but I'm going to make everybody wait patiently next week on episode 59. I will tell everyone my theory about Bubba Wallace. Yeah. You teased that on Twitter, didn't you? Oh yeah. I, I yeah. came up with it. I know. Well, I didn't come up with it. I thought of it and I'm like, dude, it checks out like every bit of it. And it's spot on. Yeah, and I well, can't yeah, if- wait. If it's going to take longer than like five minutes to say, let's definitely push that to next. Week. Yeah, it's definitely going to take way longer than five minutes. So we'll, we'll uh, you know what? I'll even start the show off with that. After right. our introductions, I'll <laughs> even start the show off with it. Um, we're, we are definitely running long. Let's uh, get on out of here. Let's talk about real quick, real quick, the Coca-Cola 600s this weekend, along with the Indy 500, yeah. the biggest single day in American motorsports happens next next weekend yes. or this this coming up sunday um what's your thoughts are you excited for both of them you just excited for one of them you can't wait for just racing in general all day long from from lunch to almost midnight probably with the coke 600 uh what's your thoughts yeah this is christmas for me mm-hmm. um i love <laughs> this day i look forward to this day i want to uh, my bucket list that I found from 2000, I don't know, seven or something, 2004 says that I, I'm, I want to one day attend the Coke 600 and it's for this racetrack. Uh, Charlotte is one of my favorite racetracks. It's a mile and a half, just like Kansas. Uh, if there's any mile and a half racetracks of the NASCAR Cup Series schedule that can contend with uh, how awesome of a race Kansas was, it'll be this race 
on Sunday, the Coke 600. It's going to be fa- uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. You are not going to want to miss it. Yeah, um, it's always fun. It's it now. This race isn't doesn't necessarily always because it's a 600 mile race. It used to be a big attrition race, but nowadays with the newer technology and the, how good these teams have got, you don't really see attrition be a big deal anymore in NASCAR. Used, when I was a kid, it was just making it that extra hundred miles. You know, you would have at least four or five engines blow in the last hundred miles. Right. And maybe only 22 cars would finish the race with the attrition in it. But nowadays you don't really have that as much. Nowadays they're really good at what they do. Like extremely good at what they do. And they build these things to last the entire race where they could actually race wide open all the way, all the way through and still make it to the end. Right. So the attrition part of it, as far as the equipment goes, isn't necessarily there, but the attrition part of as far as the driver goes, that's a different story. This race tends to separate drivers, especially right at the end of it. Um, you don't always get the absolute best finish for these races. These Coca-Cola 600s used to be called World 600s. I kind of thought for a minute it was called the World 600 this year. I've seen two different people post World 600 on Twitter posts, like uh, like polls and stuff like that, about this race. And I'm thinking, why in the world? Do they just not want to say Coca-Cola? Did they change it? Like, no, it's still the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. But like back in the 70s and 60s, it used to be called the World 600. And, you know, whatever. I don't know why they did that. But this race is so unique. I think it's the only race that has four stages. Yes. And it pretty much 100, 100 piece. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hendrick dominates this track. They, they love Charlotte. This is like home base to them. I don't expect anything else this weekend, honestly. And, you know, maybe there might be a, there, there's another team that could come up there too, but I expect this to be a Hendrick battle for the win at the end. Me personally, that especially coming off this past weekend and then the weekend before that, I mean, it's, we got two Hendrick wins in a row right now if you count the All-Star race. You know, and I, I can't even think outside my head who won before Byron. So it might have been Larson again. I have no idea. But I expect Hendrick to be really, really strong this weekend. Um, beyond that, I'm not really sure. We're just going to see how practice is. Yeah, it's kind of. I think the biggest question is: Is it going to be Byron or is it going to be Larson? I think that's that's it. I think it's honestly, I think it's between them two. And you know, I hate to say who I'm leaning towards because you know we do have a fantasy cup to think about. I know. So we're gonna leave it to that. Yep, we sure are. <laughs> and, uh, let's... Uh, speak, speaking of the Fantasy Cup, guys, remember, uh, everything resumes now. So uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. I'll be putting up the the post. This is, you know, nothing changes now, right? If you have picked Kyle Bush twice, you can only choose him one more time type thing. Everybody knows the rules. So good luck. <clears throat> That'll work. And uh, let's go down the uh, fully postable. Fully postable, yeah. The podcast drafting partners or the fully postable drafting partners real quick the um that's what i get for reading a list while i'm trying to talk at the same time let's go through the podcast drafting partners real quick uh real quick 
Bully Puzzle Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, Drunk Wrestling History, a little side project of Scott's from that show. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. New shows nearly every week. Uh, always fun stuff to listen to. Uh, Howling with the Wolf with Jason Wolf and also his really, really good chop shop. Um, he's got some more stuff he's teasing here in the next week or two. Uh, maybe a pre-order for June. Um, I know I just put in a, an order myself, uh, a custom order for this this past week. Um, just can't wait to see what he's got going on. I think he's actually making some galoobs now. Oh, nice. Too. Yeah, so that's really that's really cool. And uh, also, they, they get kind of on hiatus a little bit, but Magic and the Mouse is a fun Disney World podcast with a couple of good people I know. Um, and who you got, Ethan? Yeah, really fast. We got Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Go check out the archives of you know it's fake right saturday morning rumble rumble wheel with brian breaker and daniel cross tv toy cast uh no holds barred with the legendary bill benis uh tales from the estate with drew and caitlin with cameos from rocco and cole every once in a while uh pulling up a chair with our friend tim at a chair shot go check sorry tim you're gonna have to wait one more week to hear my rant or my theory about (laughs) Uh, Bubba Wallace. Sorry about that. Um, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Reffing it up with Brian Hebner. Uh, a new podcast I've added into the uh, lineup is Three Brew Podcast with Ryan, AJ, and Tyler. I'm really excited about that. That's pretty fun. Uh, Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR, also has a podcast, Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast. And that is all I got. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would, please rate and review us and follow on all the social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook. You can email the show as well at In the Marbles Pod at gmail.com. And if you go to watermaneuver.net, hit the uh, search by store tab in the top left corner, search down to In the Marbles. You can pick up any of our shirts. We have three designs out right now. Just go check them out, pick them up. And if you go to skinnymixes.com, use the code MARBLES at checkout, you get 10% off your first order. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? Happy Memorial Day. I think that's right. Does that happen before? It is. This, it's Monday, I think. It's Monday. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Celebrate safely. Uh, as always, peace, love, all of the above. And we'll see you next time in the Marbles. <laughs>